Hello, I'm Martin. And I'm Paul. And welcome to season two of the Two Gingers podcast. It's getting serious. We're in season two. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone past the initial one. Now we're getting heavily into it. So I think we're hugely excited about this one, aren't we, mate? This is one we've been looking forward to for a while, I think. Just salivating at the opportunity to talk about <laughs> some of our uh, our most treasured memories of growing up in Birmingham in the noughties. That's it. So hopefully as well, a bit of our wooden naivety has gone. Um, and hopefully we're getting into it more and more uh, as we go along. We've got some new stuff for this series. So we've got some new segments. We've hopefully got some guests. Yeah. And, yeah. and different different mediums to get our different, get our content yeah, out there. Welcome into, to our YouTube followers. So we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into all of that. But what we're gonna do first of all is we're gonna start off with a new segment that we've got for um, for the pod going forward and that's a segment called Brilliant Brummies. Brilliant Brummies. And that is now a copyrighted intro. <laughs> and all we're gonna do on this is we're just gonna highlight um, a brummy. And one of us is going to, you've got two minutes then to describe this brilliant brummy and just highlight them for us. So you're going to go first this week, aren't you, mate? I am indeed going to go first, Martin. And this one should come as no surprise to us. This brilliant brummy, according to Lab Bible, which is a reliable source, (laughs) has a net worth of 1.3 million English sterling pounds as of 2022. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, which also is the most reliable form of... Um, that's content what, that's what they taught me at uni yeah yeah use wikipedia it's reliable because anyone can anyone can put information on there yeah this person is 35 years old they're 1.83 meters tall okay um yeah. taking all the facts yeah. they were born in hall green martin wonder if you're starting to get a little flavor oh, for I, who this person I think, might be i think i'm getting there this person uh, according to Wikipedia, is also one of the country's most ho- high-profile queer and pansexual men. Okay. Uh, and as the, as this person is also well-known for some of the stunts and, uh, um, let's say, um, payback lessons that they teach various conglomerates that take, uh, that take the mickey out of the working man or working lady, uh, for a period of time between 2021 and 2022, their legal name was Hugo Boss, <laughs> and that was a that was a stunt effectively to to pour shame on the famous international brand Hugo Boss, who were uh, at the time looking to uh, run a small brewery business called Boss Brewery Brewery out of business. So that was something that this person did. I'm going to let you guess in a minute who this person might be. I like your research. But one of the things that I did find out about this person, which I think resonates with the podcast is that they described their life growing up in Birmingham as something that felt like Birmingham at the time was you know, plodding along sort of slowly, quietly, nothing, not, not that exciting. Uh, and their childhood and their sort of, um, let's say their journey into young adulthood was quite sort of sedate and uh, a little bit mundane. Um, what, they have, what they are now is a massive advocate of the city. Um, somebody that you know, brings and has put, helped put Birmingham on the map and has openly said how it's the favourite place in the world to be. So can you guess who this person might be, Martin? I think I think you're talking about Joe Lysett. I am indeed talking about the, the city's very own Joe Lysett. Well, there you go. Joe Lysett, you are our first brilliant brummy of the pod. Brilliant brummy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, in all seriousness, this is somebody that, you know, 
uh, I think shares a lot of similar values with us when it comes to sort of promoting the good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, of growing up in a in a city like Birmingham, um, and just trying to say you know as much as you possibly can, you know uh, what what good aspects of the city that we've got to offer. So well, there you go. Hopefully, you never know. We might get him on the pod one day. I think we can just keep trying. I think we'll keep doing trying the, link what? him into this. See what see yeah. whoever is interesting. Well, especially if he's brilliant, brummy every week. I don't know if he'd fit in here with his massive coat. He might do. <laughs> we can we can only try. We can indeed. Yeah. Okay, so on the last series of the pod, uh, we took a fast track tour through our youth uh, to establish who we are uh, and where we grew up. But series two and beyond, however, it's all about discussing and diving into some of those areas in further in further detail, in more depth. Um, and we're going to start off with a biggie, aren't we? This is one that I think when we first started talking about doing a podcast, the very first conception of the idea was about spending as much time as we possibly could talking about these two places and our our experiences of these two places growing up. Mm. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to dive in to the two bastions of the alternative music scene in Birmingham, and that is obviously Snobs and Ramshackles, or affectionately known as Rams or Rammies. So these two very culturally important to the Birmingham music scene and our youth. So why don't we start with the venues, where they were, what that looked like, and what the night entailed. So Snobs was an underground club. That's, mm. that's my fondest memory of Snobs. <laughs> It was the first place I ever went to where you went downstairs to party. Yep. Um, you queued up. It was on a big island in the middle of town. Uh, and we'll call it town because anyone that's from Birmingham, town is Birmingham. Yep. We'll get them out there. Yep. And anyone that wants to challenge that, feel free to, <laughs> free, feel free to comment. Yeah. Um, but Snobs is a club that's been going in Birmingham for as long as our parents were going out, really. So yeah, it's a bit it's of a... 1972 um, that it's born or comes into, it comes into, into the light. Yeah, so the Snubs, um, Paradise Street, I think it was, yeah. in town. Um, Fridays and Saturdays, uh, like I said, the club venue, as well as um, Student Wednesdays. Um, like you said, downstairs, into you descended into into, into Snubs. Um, what are some of the... What was the layout like in Snobs? What are some of the sort of famous sort of marks in there? Well, the, fa- the fam- most famous sort of attribute of Snobs was the faces on the wall, mm. um, which, as you went into the club, pretty sober was always like, you know, a little bit of a, um, almost like a welcome mat into yep. the club. As you left, spooked the hell out of you. <laughs> so you've seen faces everywhere and you've got 300 people leaving yep. or whatever it might have been. It almost felt like a little guard of honour when we came down the stairs. Yeah, you had to touch the faces five, yeah. Yeah, as, you, as you came down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you sort of reach the bottom of the stairs, a bit of a landing space. And then one of the first clubs I ever, ever ventured into that had a vending machine full of beer. <laughs> <laughs> And warm was it warm? Bit? Red Stripe. Yeah, we're happy to be sponsored by Red Stripe. Yeah, if you want course. to, you know, we'll take any offers. But Red Stripe was the only beer I think you could get from the vending machines. It's located right in between the men's and ladies' toilets. Convenient. So the right hand side was the what what was the sort of the the retro sort of sixties room, yeah, sort of nostalgic room. Mm-hmm. And then to the left hand side, follow it around, hit a big bar, and then you got a sort of a, a sunken dance floor, and that's where all. All, uh, all of the fun and magic happened. Neon lights. Yeah, neon lights. Um, not a huge bar area, really, so quite like a compact area, so you sort of mm. quite easily felt quite busy, um, yeah. especially if everyone sort of landed straight into the bar. And then a big DJ set as well, big DJ sort of overlooking the dance floor, mm-hmm. which, for, you know, growing up in the in the 90s and sort of dance music was becoming quite, and Ministry of Sound was becoming quite big, and, mm-hmm. and Ibiza, um 
Ibiza sort of dance music was becoming quite a popular scene, it felt like almost like you could have been in in the med somewhere yeah. in a in a, uh, a, shady, a shady dance club <laughs> with the DJ sort of orchestrating it all. Yeah, yeah. So the snobs, uh, those were my sort of first memories and impressions of it as well. And then we had Ramshackles, uh, which was sort of the other end of town, um, so Dial End um, in town. Um, it was in uh, it was a club night as opposed to a club sort of venue it was a it was a gig venue it was part of the car yeah, academy a big gig venue yeah. growing up so that would be um, where a lot of the sort of up-and-coming bands or yeah. bands that were touring touring europe and needed to get a birmingham leg in they quite yeah. often especially if they're on the on well, the found out, look, card looking back at this nirvana played at the carlin academy that's crazy that is crazy i think we've missed or missed out on that by, by a good few years but to say that 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 sort of legacy is there i think it was a few places before that but um, it settled on obviously ramshackles for a few uh, few years, um, and it felt like it was removed from anything else yeah. because it was at the sort of the, the back end of Dow. If anyone remembers Dial End, or best way of saying it, it was opposite Toys R Us. Yeah, it was Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Back in the day, but this was a gig venue, so yeah. as opposed to Snobs, which was like you said, compact, condensed, lots of little steps up, up and down everywhere. This was a massive gig venue. Yeah, this um, is like going from a five-a-side football pitch yeah. to, a, to an 11-a-side pitch for anyone that's got... That I'll, I'll throw as many football analogies in, into this <laughs> as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, it was playing Champions League level. Yeah, it was one of my boy the memories of how vast the place was. You'd walked in there for the, um, for the first time and thought, whoa, this place, it, it felt massive. Um, and that's why there was never any trouble getting a drink because they had a big bar in the middle and a yeah. couple of little bars offset from different places. Uh, but one of the, the most, uh, one of the things that people always say about Rams whenever they've been there was how slippy the dance floor was. Yeah. It was, you know, lethal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how sticky the carpets were in there. You stuck to the floor. I mean, it does, it does sort of, it's questionable why there would be carpets in a venue like that. Were you, uh, so were your experiences, were you, the sort of person would go there early doors when it was really quiet and get to the bar and sort of settle into it? Or were you happy to sort of queue up and wait for the build-up? And I don't ever remember getting there and queuing up for Rams. I remember getting there because it was these club nights and they used to didn't start till 10, 11 yeah, o'clock. Time, yeah. um, so, but I don't ever remember getting there. Well, I'm pretty sure there were times where we were outside, but I don't remember getting there before it opened as such. You know, the queue was coming back and you were just walking forward constantly until you, until you got inside. Um, but the thing is that's with uh, with Rams and with Snobs like we said they both felt removed from the hustle and bustle of the other areas of town so yeah. it was easy to get to and easy to get away from yeah, like, in, as well in fairness they weren't sort of off the beaten track weren't they so yeah. they weren't in the main sort of clubby parts of town or yeah. the, the main bar strips or anything mm -hmm. like that there were you know destinations in their own right you'd have yeah. to hit you'd have to land at one of those two venues and depending on what age you went and we'll come on to that in a bit you know you'd flip between the two if you yeah. did or if you could or couldn't get in yeah. well ramshackles that was just a friday night wasn't it i think the the, yeah. the carlin academy had a different a more rocky night and a saturday night but i think for the purposes of this part we're going to focus on ramshackles because it formed a big part of our lives so what were you, what were your first interactions where which one did you go to first was it snobs or rams and, and how old were you rams it would have been yeah. rams it would have been in college uh, mm. i turned 18 sort of early in year 13, so towards sort of the last year of A-levels. Um, and a lot of people, that was when we were starting to venture on the, onto nights out from college. And so it was some work friends, some college friends, some sort of older, older work friends and sort of same age college friends who had wanted to chance their arm and try and get into a, 
into a club and it was you know it was well known to be a good good venue I think you could sneak in there if you were if you were sort of polite enough or friendly enough with the bouncers and you remember what a ticket price was oh, I think it was I think it would have been about three quid yeah. something like that three I quid I think it was the same for Stubbs but yeah yeah so you'd get in for about three quid and you'd sort of certainly my first experiences were get, either get in the bus or get in the train into town some more street train station in Birmingham walking round the corner and then yeah. you know and just crossing your fingers particularly for me like that that the friends I went with could get in because otherwise it was a case of well either one of us doesn't get in we all don't get in yeah um that's part of the enjoyment though and we would go early we'd be we'd stick out like a sauce on but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please sir can we come in yeah but um yeah and we sort of I guess there was a couple of occasions where we'd probably sort of try and barter a little bit but in the main um we didn't cause any trouble so no. uh, got there early enough we were polite enough and we spent our spent our hard-earned money um straight at the bar as soon as we got in and you didn't need a lot though did you with how this is another thing that we can touch on for, for ramshackles and snobs it felt like you could you could spend 20 pounds you conquer the world for 20 yeah, quid in, yeah in absolutely there. you didn't you didn't need a lot of money i know it's all relative um but it felt like you could go out with 20 quid yeah and th- i think 30 quid was my norm that was my normal sort of yeah. um budget and that would that would have to get me home as well yeah so you know like you said 20 quid there and maybe a tenner in a taxi if, if uh, if you didn't have someone to get in a taxi with, um, but yeah, thirty quid was probably the going rate. Yeah. yeah. So I think Rams was my first one as well. I went to yeah. Rams first, and I can't remember the reason. Why How I went old would you have been there? So um, I think I was about nineteen, more even nineteen slash twenty by the time that I uh, got to Rams, and it was. I mean, we've touched on it before on previous previous episodes of the pod about how that work work life culture at the time that was for me it was pub, pubs yeah. pubs and work, so it was a, and and then a couple of occasions where someone had birthdays and it was town or Broad Street which I never fully sort of was comfortable or or, or got into, and it might have been someone's birthday for this occasion and they said we're going to Ramshackles I had absolutely no idea like what how to, to dress or what to expect for this occasion so I dressed as if I was going up. Broad Street or something. As soon as I walked into Rams, I realised this was a massive mistake. <laughs> overdressed. <laughs> overdressed completely. However, one of my most, uh, you know, abiding memories of it is I walked in there and I immediately felt at home. Yeah. I felt like I've, I've arrived. I'm comfortable. This is where I'm at ease. Um, and I think it was yes, yeah, so it was around about sort of 2006 um, Rams, and then it wasn't long after for snobs then. Um, what about you? How long after would you remember? You know, was it all again? Eight, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, it'd yeah. have been the same. So I was probably got a jump start on you because of the college. Yeah. Um, I get to some extent peer pressure, but you know, not wanting to miss out. And we'll, we'll talk about my fear of missing out uh, yeah. over the course of the next few seasons, hopefully. But um, yeah, seventeen, eighteen. I'd have been tapping the door at snobs trying to get in just because people had said. Um, and you've seen episodes of the in-betweeners where they're queuing up at the club in London yeah. like I, I definitely sort of share echo those sort of experiences of oh, I've worn my shoes how am I going to get in yeah. I'm 17 you know and your idea I mean I don't know whether like, the youth of today would would uh, relate to it but you, I'd, the only form of idea I had that was genuine once I turned 18 was my passport yeah. so I'd take my passport oh, out maybe. you know imagine losing your passport on a night out and I, I don't know how I didn't lose it I mean it was basically worn to pieces by the time I'd finished sort of going out and stuff because I, you know, it was basically my back pocket for five years. But um, before I'd learned how to drive or anything like that, I couldn't, you know, didn't have a, didn't have any form of ID. So 
Um, I think I applied for one of those. You could apply for like an ID, but it, it wasn't yeah. a driving license or yeah, anything so like that. It was just a form of ID to get into places. So I don't think I was responsible enough to drive yet at, the, at this point. <laughs> no, 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 um, not at all. But yeah, I think the same uh, with you. It's not, not long after we'd gone to Rams, it was it, it was a natural evolution then progression to get in, uh, go on to snobs. And I think after both visits, uh, I've quickly realised that I needed a new wardrobe. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't prepared um, in a fashion sense for these places. So after I'd been there for the first time, I was like, okay, right, let's go to Top Man. <laughs> let's go to River Island and let's get that indie um, fashion so, wardrobe. So hit me. What was your, what was your go-to wardrobe? What was your outfits I've, of I've choice? i made some yeah. little notes. So, um, you know, the thing I talked, to, talked about in the, in the college episodes, because I'd, I'd probably sort of got exposed to different fashion senses as I went yeah. to college. It was like all of a sudden you've got all these different kids all yeah. in, into different music from different backgrounds. So I'd sort of worked out what I thought my cool style was, which was largely bootcut jeans, mm. um, skin tight at the, at the top of the top of my legs and then flared at the bottom. Um, my big camel coat, that was that was a staple. My FC UK or other, uh, insert other... Funny yeah. T-shirt logo t- um, T-shirts, but the things with the thing with snobs and rammies was you sort of started to accessorise. So then I did experiment with the wristbands that oh, everyone was okay. doing at the time. Yeah. You know, the ever, ever uh, live strong with wristbands and stuff like that. Did a cardigan come out? I didn't have. I, I wouldn't wear a cardigan. I was more of a T-shirt kind of okay. person. But what did come out, and I think this is something as we've got older, we could benefit from in our nightlife uh, ventures. But I would have sweatbands. You, know, you have little sweatbands. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah. It was almost oh, like I could do with <laughs> some of the places, yeah. But um, yes, I'd have sweatbands, like almost a skin tight t shirt or yeah. polo t shirt, these boot cut jeans, uh, usually a pair of like white trainers or sort of um, smart, tra- smart trainers, and my big coat. I mean, you'd have to take that coat straight into the coat room. Yeah. I think. After the first few times that I'd gone to Rams and Snobbies, I made it a deliberate act never to take a coat. I was like, <laughs> I'm not taking a coat. But I don't, it didn't matter what the weather was, I was like, I'm not taking a coat because I don't want to wait for it afterwards. No. Um, but yeah, my go-to wardrobe, um, like you said, plain T-shirts. It eventually did go into skinny jeans. I did find myself in skinny oh, jeans, nice. mate, when I could fit into skinny jeans. And pump, and obviously just the standard sort of pumps that everyone seemed to wear. Um, but I made a mistake of the first buying a pair of white ones and I've gone to snobs in them. And everyone, I think, I just destroyed them. And all like, deliberately, because yeah. like, you, you're an idiot. You've wore white things here. Let's scuff them up properly. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Then I never bought a white pair. But it, and then it was almost like a sort of little badge of honour, didn't yeah. it? Where you got your converse and you got them as dirty as you could um, in places yeah. like that. So as you can know, they were warning. Yeah, um, there's nothing yeah. worse than like you walk around and you see kids wearing a, a pair of like pristine converse yeah. that's not what they're there for van no. or pristine pair of yeah. vans you're like come on yeah. what you should have you should have some scuffs from a gig yeah. or you should have some scuffs from a night out it was a quick learning curve snobs and rams um in that sense okay so those are those are the some of the things what about what about hairstyles though i tried a few things i mean we yeah. talked about my 50 pound haircut on, yeah. a, on a previous podcast episode but i really wanted and i didn't i didn't go to this level i didn't do the tips i didn't do the sort of streak. A lot of people were doing the Kevin Peterson streak and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't do that, but what yeah. I did want, like, I did like the Mohawk, the David Beckham early noughties okay. Mohawk. That was yeah. something that I was trying to 
perfect, but I mean the shape of my head basically looked like <laughs> I looked like that. You know the you know the dude from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that whistles. Yeah. I looked like yeah. <laughs> just like a big cone on the top of my head. Um, but it'd start off like that, and you'd yeah. spend so much time doing your hair, and then the minute you got into like into snobs or you got into rams, the humidity would hit yeah. you, the sweat would start, and then your hair, what, whatever situation you had it in, it was dropping down, it was flat, it was all over your face. Um, it didn't really matter, and then you'd just no. be pouring water over your yeah, head anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I really wanted to grow my hair. Long? Well, not, not too long, but I wanted to sort of grow it out, and then quickly realised that my hair was just too thin. Yeah. to grow oh, okay. and get any sort of get any sort of bulk to it so I, I, I used to grow it a bit um, and then I would Paul don't know what, what you're going to think of me after this but I, I did get my sister to, to straighten my fringe with a straighteners before we used to go we I used think to... it's fully it's fully acceptable um, I, I never went that far but no. I think if you had enough hair to straighten that was fully acceptable to do that like we were in the probably why it's gone now like yeah. the, the word metrosexual came out in yeah. the early noughties and yeah. like it was seen as a almost like a sort of negative term for some for for a period because it was about men that took care of themselves which yeah. i guess well, is like now just commonplace but back then it was people we'd... like david beckham were sort of trailblazing and doing certain things like moisturizing and yeah. things like that you think well it's just normal, isn't it? But we touched on that in earlier episodes about um, that sort of lad culture in terms of... And in terms of haircuts, it was short back and sides. Yeah. That's what we grew up on. Grew up yeah. in working class Tysley. It was, yeah. you know, you get your haircut, it's just short back and sides. I went for a, for, yeah. I went for a special haircut. I was going to say yeah. a foreign, like a slightly special haircut yeah. once. My cousin took me for... And he took me to the barber. He said, don't worry, I'm going to do a special haircut for yeah. you. He said, he'll have a two on the back and on the sides and a little off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's that's short back of size, isn't yeah. it? It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same that's thing. Free a different way. But yeah. if I go to the barbers now, that's what I asked for. Yeah, I've not had that. I've not had that issue for a long time. Um, but this, yeah, but this was the first opportunity, wasn't it, to go? Okay, I think you started to express yourself a little bit more when we'd got yeah. you'd got out. You were starting to come out of college into your working life and such. When you started to go to these places, um, it was with a lot of similar people, and it was a good it was a good opportunity to express yourself. Yeah, like minded yeah. people because yeah. they were into the same. Yeah, you know, the same music scene really. Yeah. That was the thing. You know, the night the nightclub was there, but it was mainly about the music and having a good time. And the, like the beer, the beer or the cheap alcohol helped fuel that, so you could do it for as long as you possibly could. Oh yeah, it always helps, definitely. <laughs> So we've touched on our first interactions with snobs and rams and, and had sort of similar experiences. But then from that point on, how frequently was it that you, that you went to these places and how much, of, you know, how much did that define your weekend plans? Well, it was, it was pretty much you know, work to live like we talked about previously. So I'd plan my week based on knowing that these nights out were going to be like a release. So mm-hmm. uh, one of my best friends, he went to... A university in Birmingham we went to Aston University which was right by Ramshackles and, and Snobs um, and he'd do like the uni nights out in the week so that gave me a good enough reason to get up and see him and some of his friends so Wednesday nights I was definitely in Snobs pretty much twice a month Yeah. Uh, and the same with Ramshackles Friday nights you know sometimes sometimes the uni guys wouldn't be around because they were you know that was when they were going home or they were sort of trying to save a few quid or whatever mm-hmm. um, but that would be when like maybe a different group of friends would go out and do uh, and do that so i'd go up with a couple of friends from work or college or whatever and you know just k- keep the weekend going 
still doing the, the Saturday morning shift, so, so I'd be yeah. up early doors on Saturday morning. So, but definitely burning the candle at both ends. Um, but you know, it was it was it gave me purpose. Like it was something I really really enjoyed doing. Um, maybe some of it was like a bit of bravado. Like, look at me, I can go out until three o'clock, four o'clock yeah. in the morning, and still go to work at seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to miss out as well. So if I knew people were going. Uh, or if a, if there was an opportunity to say, you know, let's go somewhere somewhere that maybe some of my other mates hadn't been, I'd definitely be the first person to say, let's go and check these places out because you won't be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I think I think on a, on a similar level with, with myself. I mean, I I used to get paid weekly. Yeah. At work, so it would be a case of we got paid on a Friday, and that was it. Then yeah. oh, okay, where are we going? Um, let's yeah. we go to Rams on a Friday night, or yeah, just going to going to Snobs on a Saturday night. And like you just touched on there. The places they always seem to feel like I'd bump into someone, irrespective of who I went with. Yeah. So we'd go along with our, you know, a group of friends or our growing circle of friends. Everyone would bring in, seem to bring in someone that they knew. Yeah. So there's, you know, you seem to be sort of a big crowd of you. But then you'd bump into random people, most weekends I think, or, yeah. or most times that you went, you'd see someone. Yeah, it was that part of the fun, wasn't it? Because yeah. you knew those people were there for the same reason as you as well. So yeah. like, it almost gave you a, like a different thing to connect with them all. Yeah. And did you feel the same way that I've, I did uh, with some of these places is that sometimes the best nights were the most random ones. Yeah, for we sure. Wa- we wasn't planning on going. Um, and the good thing about Snubs and Rammies was, you know, there wasn't a dress code as such apart from, I think it was no football tops. Yeah. You wasn't allowed to wear, but pretty much apart from that, anything else went. Um, so you could always get in. Um, they were always, you were always relaxed in that sense. Um you know, if you never had any plans or you were somewhere else and someone said, oh, fancy going out or where do you, where should we go? It was always a case of, let's go to, let's, we'll take you to Snobs or yeah. let's go to, let's go to Rams or sort of always off the cuff. And nine times out of 10, those were the, the nights that you remember because they seemed to, they seemed to be more random and fun. Yeah. And I think you didn't have to, like the pressure of like getting ready or yeah. the pressure of like whether you were going to have a good night because you'd because your first few experiences were so good because the music was vibing yeah. because the people that you went with you got on with because yeah. um, the drinks were cheap like yeah. all those things combined just meant you like you, you knew that you could always go there and like, guarantee that you were going to have a decent time that's a good point actually so what what would we say was the music scene what was the music vibe in Snobs and, and Rams well, I said like, so I don't know if we've got a slight different opinion on this but like I felt like Snobs was open to playing slightly more what felt like more eclectic indie, so they'd play more American indie sometimes, or like um, you know some of the newer newer bands that were coming through in the early noughties. I felt like they like they were quite good at playing um, or nostalgic indie as well. So it was, you were more likely to hear certain bands in snobs from the eighties, like seventies, eighties, nineties than you were, would do maybe in Ramshackles because Ramshackles felt like it was playing what was hot at the time, like mm-hmm. what was like the bands that were gigging and doing the circuit at the time. Yeah. Um, maybe what was in the charts, certainly what was in NME magazine and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and I think Snob, uh, Snobs probably didn't do it as much as Rammies. Rammies felt like it, it did a little bit, like they made a little bit more effort to play things that were um, culturally in Birmingham slot, like more relevant at the time as well. Yeah, I mean, people might remember it differently. It's yeah. weird how you, yeah, how, you, sure, yeah. how you look back and you remember certain songs at that time uh, and other people don't remember them, but they remember other, other sort of classics. But I always felt Rami's um, played heavier stuff. I don't know, yeah. what, I might be wrong. More rocky stuff, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but I always remember sort of stuff like System of a Down getting played in there or, um, or Rage Against the Machine and sort of the heavier indie 
Um, and like you said, some of the local bands, I was more likely to hear a band like the Twang, for example, who were from Birmingham in Rammies than yeah, I would have heard sure, it yeah. in Snubs. Um, yeah, like the again, Twang, yeah. Enemy, The yeah. Streets, like yeah. you'd hear those like songs from those mm. those bands and like everyone would just be like, Right, okay, this is this is what we're about. Yeah. Whereas if you went to Snobs, you know, they I think I felt felt like Snobs was a little bit more of a cool person place. Like it always felt like the trendier people went to Snobs for a night out. I think yeah, I think you're right in one sense, yeah, I added more of a distinctive indie sound to Snobs uh than than Rammies. Um but I think I enjoyed I enjoyed the music in both I think just as much what about you did you have a, did you have a preference one over the other I think if you were to ask me straight yeah. off the bat I'd go Ramshackles yeah. all day long yeah. maybe it's because it was more likely to be a Friday night than a Wednesday that I'd go there yeah um, and it, you know it was, it was busier I definitely enjoyed the theatre of it being a bigger venue yeah. like bigger bar bigger dance floor like bigger music uh, like you said it was a little bit heavier mm. Um, so all of those things combined I always felt like I looked forward a little bit more to that like Snobs felt Wednesday nights at Snobs was always maybe that was because I went when you know, more university students were going and they were a little bit more yeah. you know, a little bit more uh, hoity-toity or not necessarily from the area as much mm-hmm. I don't know um, but yeah that, that that was my opinion I don't know whether you felt the same whether you felt it's really, it's it's really hard in one sense because I started off in Rams, so it's always got a special it's always got a special place yeah. uh, for me. Um, and when I think back and actually think at when Ramshackle stopped that club night stopped in the old Cardinal Academy, it was such a short period. Look, Ramshackle yeah. stopped in around about two thousand and nine, I think, when I looked. So I've only got a sort of a you know a three year period that I went to Rams consistently, whereas Snobs was across a much longer period. Yeah. And Snobs probably has more. Um, meaning in terms of what my life uh, has panned out to be now but I do, I do miss like, Rammies I think if you would, if you were to sort of that old which one would you pick gun to your head yeah. is it going to be Rams or Snubs I, th- I think I'd still go Rams purely because of some of the things that you said it was so easy it was so easy to get a drink in there the, 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 the space the tunes even as lethal as the dance floor was the excitement of going into the place um, even though those are all still big factors in Snubs I think Rams it was just about I think pips it pips just, it to the post just about pips it to the post although like I said we've probably got more stories from snubs than I have from uh, from Rammies and do you think that's affected by the fact that technically you could theoretically go to snobs now you can still go to snobs now because it is still it's still a, a yeah, vibrant bustling we'll, we'll get we'll get on to new snobs versus old snobs oh, okay uh, in a minute, yeah. But one of the good, well, one of the other good things about Snobs and Rammies is because it was indie and it was part of the alternative music scene. Um, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it felt more of a safe place than um, places like Broad Street and Arcadian. Yeah. Never seemed to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were occasions where people got chucked out and there was a little bit of aggro, but it never seemed to be. I never felt moody. I never felt anxious. I never felt uneasy whenever I was in these places. What about yourself? Yeah, f- fully agree. Yeah. I think you know, I I had a quite a an eclectic night nightclub sort of experience, and um, you know, so I'd I'd go to all sorts of venues, and we'll talk about that another time. But yeah. uh, when when I was in Snobs or when I was in Ramshackles, I was less likely to be keeping an eye out over my shoulder yeah. or you know, mindful of what someone might be doing on the other side of a dance floor or anything like that. I think it's because we touched on that growing up in Toysley. You had that sort of street smart sense. You kept your eyes out for certain things. Now, if I'd ever gone to Broad Street and Arcade, in like you'd said, I was I was never. It wasn't a case of necessarily being on edge, but I was I was aware of my surroundings. 
Definitely. Whereas I never felt like I had to be like that in Snobs and Rams. And I suppose it was because of the maybe it's the music or the, the clientele that was in there. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're all they're, nobody wanted to wait, waste the twenty quid that they had in the pocket to go <laughs> no. to the uh, to get drinks at the bar and to go and have a good time. So, did you ever try and do the uh, triple header with Bank Holiday Weekend? So, did you ever do the, yeah, the did it, did it Rams couple, Friday, yeah. Snob Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah, I did it a couple of times. Yeah, how, oh, how bad was it? Yeah, it was hard. I don't. I might not have done Snobs on the Saturday though. I might yeah. have mixed it up. So I might have yeah. done. I might have done. Rams on a Friday, then a club or something in town or in in Solihull on a Saturday, and then yeah. and then uh, snobs on a Sunday. But yeah, he- some heavy heavy nights. Yeah. Um, I felt like you almost deserved some sort of medal or something after yeah. that because it was you know there were late finishes in terms of four o'clock finishes in the morning. You have a little bit of recovery and then you were back on it. But you, it's you, cra- crazy though yeah. when you think about it. Like that felt like a badge of honour. Yeah. Like that you did three nights out in a row. <laughs> yeah. You're probably working. You might have yeah. even been playing footy on the weekend. Yeah. You no, know, seeing the family, whatever you were doing, and you're like oh, another night out. Yeah. Three in a row. Come on, let's finish this last one. By the end of it, your legs were absolutely in pieces. Whereas the thought of it now, <laughs> three what? nights in a row, absolutely no chance. <laughs> So if someone had mentioned three nights in a row to me now, I felt like I'd have to have, to have six months of training to prepare, prepare yeah. myself for something like that. Yeah, if someone asked you to do two nights with three yeah. days in the middle, you'd probably yeah. be like, "That's, that's going to be a bit of a that's going to be a bit of a hard ask." How am I going to get my nine hours sleep in between? <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the things about snobs as well was, um, and I suppose and a degree ramshackles, is it seems to be uh, indicative of the time with that indie uh, that indie sleaze. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it seemed to be that the music that was playing in there was also quite prevalent in the charts as well. Yeah, and on TV yeah. and in films, yeah. yeah, and definitely in the charts and in and in the magazines that were still doing the rounds yeah. at the time. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the sort of the uh, enemy magazines and even some of the lab magazines that were doing the rounds and stuff. Everyone was sort of, you know, trying to promote the next big indie band that were going to make it. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you remember the last time that you went to, to Ramshackles then? Because as I mentioned before, I think we started going around about sort of 2005, 2006 and, and Ramshackles as a club night stops in two, that's around about 2009. Do you remember going there for the last time or, do you, or was it just a standard night and then you heard the news that it, would, that it was stopping? I think it was more that. It was yeah. more like it stopped and then there was some talk about it maybe moving to a different venue. Yeah. So you sort of didn't really mind that it, you know, they were going to potentially close it down or... You know, I think the impression was that maybe the whole part of that part of town was being renovated or going to be sold off and yeah. stuff. So it sort of didn't really. And by that time, I sort of settled down with my other half a little bit, and yeah. you know we had plans and we and all that sort of stuff. So it was always a case of, oh, don't worry, we'll, you know, we'll, we won't, we'll be able to go again one time, um, and then that was it. So yeah, I think it would have been around about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine would have been the last time I'd have gone to Ramshackles. It would have been. It might have been like a special like. Halloween or something like that, like yeah. one of the big events, because um, you know that time we'd been saving up for our own place and stuff, um, and then it disappeared. And that was it. Yeah, um, I think I'm similar. I, I wasn't expecting it to, to go. It might be completely different if we actually, you know, you said it'd been in the in the, in the works for a while. But I remember hearing the news that you know Ramshackles was no more, and being <laughs> a little bit gutted about it. Yeah. To be fair, it, it defined my Friday night for. A good number, of, a good number of years, um, and it was one of the. It was the first place that I went to out of the two. Um, I think it, it 
the, the the night as such, I think it changed into propaganda, didn't it? Yeah. And it went to a few different places before it eventually ended at, at the O2 Academy. Um, and I think the Carlin Academy changed into, I think it was the Hummingbird yeah. for a while. Um, yeah, it, but it never had the same the same appeal. Um, I don't the, think the so, The no. that Ramshackles had, had got there. Because they had to, I mean, like you mentioned, so there was two, there was a club night on a Friday and a Saturday. Yeah. yeah there was the indie night on the Friday and then there was the the more sort of heavy, rocky night on the Saturday. Yeah. And whether or not it was a case that we didn't even notice that, you know, the numbers are dropping off. Maybe mm. it was a case of culture, that was just the time and the people that went gradually stopped going as much. Yeah. And the music was falling out of favour and there was different, you know, different genres of mu- music coming in that were, were getting played and getting sort of... Um, digested in different ways by the younger the younger crowd coming through because yeah. Um, yeah like you said you sort of probably didn't realise that that was going to be the end of it but then we probably if you look back and reflect we were probably going less as we as it was getting towards the end of its its time so maybe it was like one of those sort of cultural phenomenons it just hit us yeah. the perfect time and we sort of jumped on the crest of that wave, rode it all the way to the end. Yeah. And then that's it. It ended with perfect no, there wasn't an anticlimactic sort of big bang, this is the last one. It didn't you know, as far as I'm aware, it tried to go other places, but it was never the same thing. So no. it had its moment in the sun. It it, <laughs> it did indeed. Um and it's not the only one that had um a change of a venue or change of name. Snubs, um obviously it'd been around for a long time. Came to a point, however, where it needed obviously to move venue. Um, I think the the old venue was either going to fall apart or yeah. was completely unsafe. Well, yeah, this <laughs> this was the thing. Do you remember when the, the scaffolding first appeared around Snobs? Yeah, and it just seemed yeah. to be there forever. Yeah. Nothing ever seemed to happen. Uh, this scaffolding was all around the building. So the many I can remember so many nights of getting out of your taxi and walking in between the scaffolding yeah. to get to the entrance of, of Snobs as such. Um, but eventually it did move. I think it's a bit later on. It moves into a new place in, in 2014. Um, what, were you, what were your thoughts at the time? Do you remember um, when Snobs said it was moving? I think I was interested to know how it was going yeah. to work because obviously it was, like you said, it was like a bit culturally sort of um, synonymous with people from the Midlands that, that enjoyed the, sort of the, the rock or music like indie scene. So. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely one on the list. Right, we've got to check this out and see yeah. how well they've done it. Um, you know, when a football team changes their changes their their football ground, you know, sometimes it works out for the best. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we, we gave it a try, didn't we? Yeah. We'll get on, we'll, we'll touch on that in just a second. But some of my own thoughts on that is, I remember hearing the news and I'm hearing about being mooted, and I think you always knew in the back of your mind that it was when it was it was going to move. But I think naively you just thought, well, this snobs is just going to move exactly how yeah. it is now and, and go somewhere somewhere else. Yeah, like a national trust house. They're <laughs> just, just going to move forward. Pick it up. The dance floor's going to move across. Of and course, that would be one piece. And it's just going to be exactly the same. Um, did you ever go to the, the 40th birthday party at Snobs? No. No? No, no. Um, just think it was just before, it was getting just before the, um, it was it was due to sort of move and sort of close down. And I remember you had to buy tickets. Like, this was the thing, you had to buy yeah. tickets before yeah. um, uh, before we went. And it was heaving, it was absolutely. And I've never seen it that busy yeah. um, in Snobs at the time, but that but that was a brilliant night um, as well. So, But yeah, it, it'd come to a point where um, snobs had said that he was moving venue um, I remember us getting to that point where it moves in 2014 so how old are we there we're around about sort of 27, 28 we're getting to the end of our 20s 
And I don't think we went straight away. I don't no. know if it, it was a, a thing of, I'm not sure how I feel about this. And without even going to the new snobs to, to see what it was like, it was like, well, it's not, you know, yeah. I don't know how this is going to plan out. My my stomach is now gone. You don't want to yeah. tarnish that memory yeah. as well, do you? That's one of those yeah. sort of nostalgic things of, you know, sometimes it's best not to not to yeah. not to go back and hope that it's going to rekindle all those yeah. same memories and and have the same experience because you're a different person by then as well. Yeah, like you said, there's been a decent gap, yeah. and and it's not just the gap from the last time you went and the first time you go at the new venue. Yeah. It's also the gap between the first time you went. Mm-hmm. Which was back when you were, you know, eighteen, nineteen, yeah. and you, you know, by the time you're in your mid to late twenties, you are a different person. Yeah, you know? we'd spent almost a decade going yeah. to these places, but then, like you said, more and more sort of your friends are, you know, some of them might have had kids, yeah. um, more and more responsibilities, Married, so, sort of frequency that you go. Yeah, all those, all yeah. those fun things. Mm. Um, but one of the things about the, the new snobs versus the, the old snobs um, is well, let's 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 get into what the, what the new snobs look like. So remember going there for the first time. The, the I thought the venue was cool. Yeah, I thought coming yeah. in, I thought you know they've got a little bar on the left hand side. Yeah, like a nice little. I guess that's the pub that they can keep open most of the day or yeah. whatever. And then sort of going in, I was like big big dance floor, big bar on the first floor. You know, coat room always handy. <laughs> um, and then going up the stairs, I was like, yeah. okay, the second floor is cool. Then there's you know going up the stairs again. I thought, okay, there's another room there's a here. Third floor. That's what struck me. I was like, there's a third level. Yeah, I don't even think yeah. the first time I thought, why are these people up there? And then realised yeah. there was another room up there. Mm. Um, I guess the thing, difference between um, the way that Ram is finished and didn't replicate it or didn't try and keep the sort of keep the keep the thing going and Snobs was Snobs had its own. You know, Snobs was its own place. It was it wasn't just in the academy. It was Snobs. It was yeah. a nightclub. Yeah, it was a yeah. venue. Mm. And I think they tried to. Like they tried to evolve or sort of change with the times a little bit. So yeah. what would have been when we were growing up in an indie-based snobs, um, a little room for the, the retro music was actually the R&B room. We're like, yeah. well, this is this is different, yeah. completely different to what we'd have known. Yeah, I mean, this is another thing about sometimes you, you grow up in an era um, and, that's, and that's how you see that era always, always carrying on. So every generation... Obviously, the, the next generation of people who start to go into the new snobs for the first time, they'll have their own views and they now believe that their era is the is the prevailing one, um, and that and that's how it should be. And their iteration of anything is the pinnacle or the zenith of any of any yeah. sort of musical era. Um, but the one thing that I always remember feeling is is our era that we grew up with that indie, you know, that indie sleaze as such was was synonymous with that era you know there was never i don't think there was ever a time where indie was as prevalent in the charts as it was as no. it was then or it dominated the charts i could listen to radio one and it most and most of the music on there seemed to be sort of indie tunes sort of yeah. arty monkeys kasabian um the enemy and stuff like that and it always used to seem planned on the mainstream uh, whereas when we get into the new stops that era of music has changed and you know everything's cyclical everything goes in in circles as such, and um, and I think it just it was it come to an end of an uh, end of an era. So I remember going to the new stops and they played some tunes, but I think like you said, they had to diversify. They couldn't just play those dominant tunes anymore because there wasn't I don't think maybe as necessary of them in the charts. Um, so they had to have different types of music on different levels. I think to be viable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's like like you said, that's a you know. The, the 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 cycle of of culture really yeah. like you know we we 
we would say like our era that was the era to be to be yeah. growing up in because mm-hmm. the music was absolutely not the best around and you know you still you'd look back fondly at the eight, some some of the stuff from the 60s 70s 80s and say well that you know, that's influenced this music but this music is not a better version of it I think the difference with well, certainly my my opinion of the difference between the clubs at those two those two particular venues and, and new snobs versus old snobs is that like for me and, and maybe this is unfair because I'm not of a younger generation but it felt like the music belonged to us a little bit more from yeah. Birmingham as in like yeah. we could connect to the indie sound because it was it felt like a working class sound like yeah. it was young young people writing about having limited opportunities or you know being unlucky in love or whatever and that's that's what I felt like mm. growing up in the Midlands like and to, to coin sort of Joe Lysett sort of expression of felt like we were plodding along a little bit through yeah. through that that phase of um of our lives and actually it wasn't we weren't sure what was around the corner what opportunities were going to be but being from Birmingham you sort of you felt like that was just par for the course that you'd you know you'd have a little bit of a harder harder yeah. deal of it and places like Rams and Snobs was a place to release some of that some yeah, of that built sure, tension yeah. and energy that you'd across the week and um, they're sort of hedonistic yeah for sure um, weekends Okay, so looking at obviously snobs and, and rams and taking them into account as a whole, here's a couple of quick fire questions at you. Did you have a shot of choice? What was your what was your go to drink and what was your favourite place to sort of go to as soon as you entered the venue? Where did you hang out in there? Okay, so shot of choice aftershock. Oh, my... what colour? Uh, blue, probably. Oh, yeah, oh. basically tall. <laughs> you were asking for trouble. Um, Drink of choice, if it was snobs, it would be vodka and coke. Cheapest yeah. vodka in the world, cheapest coke in the world. No well. flavour. Yeah. Like literally lighter fluid. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure most of it was contraband <laughs> alcohol. Don't know where they got it in the country. Yeah. But it was behind the bar and it was 50p a shot. So well, you, can't, you can't argue, can you? Ram, Ramshackles was different. So that was toilet duck. So that was a, <laughs> that was a vodka Red Bull. Red Bull yeah. was massive at the time as yeah. well. Uh, so that was like, that would just supercharge your night. You'd get, yeah. Red Bull would give you proverbial wings yeah um and then they'd just throw a wkd in there for good measure yeah. and it would look like something you could clean a toilet with yeah um, yeah i remember those bright blue uh cup carlin academy cups yeah yeah well so where and then when you went into snobs and rams where would you where would you go off to like everyone had a place where they'd go and try and get standing or, or their favorite place to sort of mill about in so that i guess the the little bits of left hand side of ram shackles you'd go around the bar and it was like a little and slight little chilled out area yeah there's yeah. a few pool tables there or yeah. whatever the bar, the bar you never struggled to get to so that would be where you'd go just to settle down a bit um and then sometimes as well when it was quiet just a balcony just watching everything going on yeah like i'm a bit of a people people watcher as well like fascinated mm. with watching like what's going on and so trying to work out who's talking to and what what's uh how things are, are going down and stuff yeah um you know it felt like a little bit like a dj or something when you were up on that balcony you could see you know, everyone yeah. sort of go in. You can oh, take a breather. Yeah, for sure. I think Snobs was a bit different. I'd go in, the bar was always packed, mm. and I'd sort of work my way around to the lower bar, which I think there was a TV and stuff down there sometimes, yeah. and then I'd sneak round the side and just try and pop into the dance floor just on the just on that side. Yeah. Um, right, shot of choice. If it was, it started off with apple sour. Yeah. Always used to be <laughs> apple sour. And then as we started to get older, it, you know, much to my friend's annoyance, I liked well, uh, and still now, um, it changed into tequila. Do you like a tequila? I do like a tequila, 
However, in those places, I don't know what it was because no. it, it, <laughs> it didn't taste like tequila. Yeah, some really dodgy tequila was, from the, yeah, the arse end of somewhere. <laughs> it was a bad batch or whatever. But, you know, we still seem to go for it. Drink of choice would be, when we started in uh, Rammies, it was always a beer. It just go straight in uh, for a beer. And then as we get into... Those plastic cups. In plastic cups, yeah. They just used to get... That's what a dance floor was yeah. so... Yeah. Dance floor was Shards so of plastic. Yeah. Um, and the dance floors was, and uh, the carpet was so sticky because those drinks used to get thrown Launched everywhere. It, yeah. um, and then as we as I got a little bit older, it changed into, um, I think it was like whiskey and coke. Yeah, and it was a standard whiskey and coke in stumps. It was never something like JD. No. You had to pay extra for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was always the house whiskey. Yeah. Um, and the house coke. It wasn't, you're not talking JD and Coca-Cola here. You're talking whatever that can get off in bulk. Um, and then... Uh, favorite place if we went into if we went into Rams we used to go downstairs straight away yeah uh, so we were down there and then you have the big U-shaped bar yeah so it would always be starting off there straight because you knew you know yeah. you could get you could get a drink it was over there or there was a bar just at the bottom of that end yeah so in the corner of the dance floor sometimes sometimes we'd head down there that wasn't always open that one no no yeah um, and it'd almost be from there then that you'd pan out onto the dance floor and come back and, and you'd back and forth um in snobs it used to be it always used to be down the steps into the main room um they used to be uh, you get straight to the bar and it used to be a little pit yeah to the right hand side yeah yeah, yeah maybe yeah, like and a sort of sunken seated yeah, area and some sort of fruit machine yeah. that was there and it'd always be around there that we try and start off with but like you said there was a sunken down lower bar next to that so it'd all be, always be a case of if your friends were like getting the main drinks and a couple of you were like feeling well up for it, let's just, just sneak off around to that other sunken bar and go and get a cheeky shot and come back, uh, things like that. Um, or then, you know, if we weren't feeling the main room, straight into the 60s room. I think you were a fan of the 60s room. I was a fan of the 60s room. I did like the 60s room. Um, and one of the main reasons for it, you'd always, you know, if you did request a song, more likely than not, the DJ, you know, he'd play it. Um, and some of the retro tunes in there that you weren't, like you said, you know, you'd, you'd more like to hear like your Oasis, your Smiths, yeah. uh, your Rolling Stones, and stuff up there, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you don't, you didn't get to hear those kind of songs anywhere else, really. No, you agree, yeah, yeah, completely. So when was the last time that you went to to, to snobs? And um, we're talking obviously new snobs here. When or was it? And then was it a conscious decision not to not to carry on going? Had we aged out as such? I think we realised when we hit the dance floor. It was it was a couple of years ago, Mark, wasn't it? Um, and we hit the dance floor, and there was a group of kids that were singing the Cortinas. You're not nineteen forever, and they were nineteen. Yeah. And we were not nineteen. No, we wasn't nineteen. And when I felt like I needed to pull them to one side and say. Look, you were not 19 forever. This song was written <laughs> about you by yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Enjoy it while young kids. We was, I think it was 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. So we're talking four years ago. So we're, what, 33 yeah. at the time. And I think we'd gone specifically for a, um, you know, there was a, a specific event there. It was an Oasis versus Stone Roses club night. And we thought we want, we'll have a bit of that. Yeah. Um, both big Oasis and Stone Roses fans, so we're going for the tunes more than anything else. However, one of the, you know, one of the factors that quickly uh, that meant we quickly realised that we're starting, you know, we're too old for this now. But one sense is we arrived early. 
we, we were, we were there. It wasn't even open. It wasn't even open, which had never happened it's in the, the history of you know of Snubs or Rammies ever. That's the first call yeah. do move, call dude move that we failed, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He was like, oh yeah, we're not open yet. You'll have to go next door for a drink. Um, and that nobody was, is cooler than the person that yeah. gets to the club before the bar staff have turned up. That was a big kick in the teeth. That was um, when we'd arrived there. Um, I mean, some of the tunes were good, but like you said. There were kids who, who, were, who were sort of dancing to the songs that we grew up even in the, the mid noughties and, and, and the early sort of tens. Um, and we are, I think we felt we were really out of place, didn't we? And I think we just said, we stayed for a couple of tunes and, and that was it really. I don't think, I remember you being particularly unhappy that they were playing Bieber. <laughs> they played some Justin Bieber. No, Justin, if you if you're not right any of this, I'm out of His, reach, his yeah. reach transcends musical genres because yeah. here we are in an indie club. Yeah. It's heritage in the, in the 70s, 80s and 90s in Birmingham, yeah. playing Justin Bieber. This, yeah, um, this is the thing. But it, but then this is another fact of what uh, the pull that Snubs had. I mean, a couple of years previous to that, it was, you know, uh, I remember my 30th birthday, you know, milestone birthday, 30th, what do you want to do for your birthday? And it was as, and it was as simple a process as, just go to Snubs. Yeah. You know, get everyone back together almost felt like a last hurrah the blues brothers we'll be getting the band back together yeah, it always felt like, well, bandage we'll, everyone up we'll just, <laughs> we'll just become and be uh, you know ironic and let's all go to snobs from the 30th and you know loads of people you know, came out and, and it was it was a really good night but i think the nights at snobs then got less and less yeah frequent and less yeah um and i think we was i think we was out wasn't we we was at the cricket or something and we just and this club night had come on the same time so we thought we'll make a night of it and then it, you know, at that night it dawned on us that you know, I don't think this is for us anymore. Yeah, the race was run. Yeah, with uh, with age started, didn't we? Well, I think we started yeah. talking then about maybe setting up our own, our own night out, two gingers night out. There's you know a sort of a, a nostalgic throwback yeah. to well, the early noughties. Of, there's a loads of club nights now and yeah, things that you can doing do. Those a bit more, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so why not for a, why not for a noughties indie one um, of that period? Yeah, um, just just uh, bandage each other up and see if we can see if we can still pogo and see if we can get the old t shirts out so we can find if we can find some skinny jeans. Skinny jeans, wristbands. <laughs> we'll get some sweatbands. We'll need more sweatbands, probably just sweat bandages. Oh we'll hundred percent need a sweatband now. Um T shirt and toys. We won't make the mistake of wearing clean white trainers because we've you know, we've been there, done that. Yeah. Um and we just need to find a venue that's you know, willing to well hopefully with lots of seating as well because we probably need to sit down in yeah. between there with and our knees and maybe stuff. start a little bit earlier in yeah, the night that'd be nice yeah, yeah. finish by midnight yeah. <laughs> should we still be on for a reasonable hour yeah absolutely yeah. so if there's any venues out there that are listening and are happy to host and a Naughty's Indie special we will be sponsored, happy sponsored by Two Gingers Podcast yeah. we'll be happy to provide the tunes because yeah. we'll have a, obviously we'll have a specific playlist we don't We're want to, we, on that. We don't want to deviate from that. That's to follow. That's to follow. Obviously, keep keep tuned for that. Okay, so going into we've we've been to Rams, we've been to Snubs, um, we've been there for the sort of the last sort of time. So looking back on your on your memories of there, have you got any sort of funny anecdotes um, from Snubs or Rammies? I think my funniest one comes from Snubs, um, and it's it's one on. Happy oh, to share, not proud of. But oh, happy okay. to share because yeah. I think it's it shows a, a sort of an honest integrity to me, but also a misguided confidence that probably comes out when I'm talking about things. But yeah, um, so we left Snobs. We had a great night. Me and my friend Steve went. We went to Snobs. We had a great night, um, and we sort of just mingling around, waiting for some chips at the chippy next door, 
waiting to sort out our taxi. And all the taxis just queued up outside, so it was fine. Like, it was no danger of not being able to get home. Uh, and then this poor homeless man sort of came up and asked if we had any spare change. And I, was, I didn't think twice. I was like, check my pockets. I was like, yeah, I've got, got, I've got a fiver. I've got a couple of quid. Here you go. Gave him a couple of quid. So like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So like, don't worry about it, mate. You know, you're on the street. I've had a good night. I've probably spent about thirty quid in there. You know, it's the least I can do. And then Steve turns around to me and says, you got any money for a taxi home? It's like, no. <laughs> I was like, I thought you had some money. I've got a fiver, but that's not going to get me all the way home. Yeah. He said, well, I've, I've only got £2.50. And I was like, it's a tenner home. I've got to ask the homeless man for my money back, haven't I? <laughs> that's so I did. I went up to him and I said, I'm really sorry to say yeah. this, but I'm going to have to ask for my money back, please. <laughs> and I don't know whether it was the, the brazenness of it, yeah. the shock, or the fear he could see on my face that this wasn't going to get me all the way to, you know, wasn't going to get me all the way to the cousins on the work road. It was going to drop me off probably a mile short of that, which wasn't where I wanted to be dropped off. No. Um, First world says, problems, though. Yeah. And I think it was just because of how kind I was originally and how, how he could see I was just a little bit naive and misguided. He was like, yeah, yeah okay. He just gave me my £2 back and I could get home. So that wasn't a particularly fond memory that I had. Yeah. Um, that but, sounds like a proper in-betweeners moment, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like, can I can I wear your shoes, please, mate, to get in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was absolutely absolutely one of those. But yeah, um, yeah I take a little bit of shame and pleasure in equal measures yeah, of uh, yeah. the fact that I had to ask for right. some money back I'm, from a homeless you know, man. Fair, you act, fair play for having a, <laughs> the balls to go back up and ask for him back. <laughs> I wasn't not getting home. Mark. No, no of course no. He didn't. He didn't have to worry. <laughs> Should really say that. He was already home. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm not sure where he lived. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Mark? What was it? Was there a particular sort of memory that you've got? There's, there's a few. I mean, some of them we probably still can't broadcast on on, on the pod. Um, but there was a couple of things. I mean, one involved um, you're you're better off. Uh, to be fair, I think the first time I, I met her was in was in Ramshackles. Yeah. It was a it was a night out. I wanted to introduce her to my longest longest serving yeah. friend. Here's so, Martin. He's a good lad. Yeah, and we he, obviously said hello, and it was it was around Christmas time, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. And I think she pinned um, a flashing Christmas light on my on my on my t shirt at the time. It was fine, yeah. So I went home. Obviously, had a I'd had a few fell asleep, fell asleep in bed, but I hadn't done anything about this light. So I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and I've got this green and red light flashing in my face because I fell asleep with, with my t shirt on, and because I was so drunk. I had no idea of how to turn this light off, and it was, you know, in my in my face. I could have just tried to cut the sensible thing; would have just thrown it across the room and covered it up or something. Yeah. But because I was so drunk, and there was no, I couldn't find an on/off button or anything. There was probably just a simple button on there. But I remember in my drunken state, trying to bite this thing to try to get it to start flashing in my face. You know, nearly electrocuting myself <laughs> in the process. In the process. So that was the first time I met <laughs> I met Vicky. Um, yeah, we remember it well. Yeah, I did say is that. Is is that you know the, the best friends that you've got to offer? I was like, yeah, he's, he's top. He's one of the top ones. He is one of the top boys. Um, yeah, and she was suitably impressed, Mark. She was impressed. That's so. nice. That's nice to hear. Um, not after I told her that I tried to bite a badge to go on to get it sort of flashing in my it's face. Problem solving under pressure. You've yeah, got to do it, it sometimes. And you know, all logic goes out yeah. the window, doesn't it? When you when you're two parts of the wind. So. I, I mean, and going back to how um, how slippy that dance floor was in uh, in in Ramshackles. 
Um, and my partner won't thank me for saying this, but she she went over on that dance floor onto a, onto a jaw. And she's to, she's to this day, she's like, I've still got a dent in my jaw from when I fell over and, and smashed it straight off the floor in there. It was it was pretty lethal. Yeah, I think, I, mean, I never did ice skating when I was younger, but I feel yeah. like if I'd have, you know, if I'd have taken up ice skating after a couple of years at Bramshaw, yeah. because I'd have done okay. That would have been a good starting point. Yeah, I might have been able to do it, but... Um, but yeah, the same with, with snobs. I think one of the rem- memories I've got was when, so like you said, it was one of those places that you wanted to take people that, yeah. you know, you wanted to sort of impress them or take them somewhere that you thought they were going to have a good night. And when my youngest brother turned, I think it was, I think it was 18. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to take you out somewhere. For, yeah. You know, and he's a few years younger than me. We'll have a good night. And he fell asleep in what inside one of the massive speakers in Snobs. There was yeah. like a almost like a seat inside the speaker. Yeah. I mean, you weren't supposed to sit in it. I'm pretty sure it's burst his <laughs> eardrums. And I remember thinking, yeah. how is he even sleeping in that? Yeah. But yeah, I took him out. And we had a we had a good time. That was that was that, that's another point. I, you, know, you introduced me to people. I think um, my own sister I, I used to take her out to to the Carlin Academy and to gigs. And things like that, and it always it felt like an int- you know an introduction point into into that world, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. I've, I've got some yeah. feedback for the interior de- designers yeah. because there were several times that you know, in my, in my single life where I thought this girl's into me, yeah. she's not stopped looking at me. You know, this is this is going to be the girl like this is going to be the love of my life, the girl of my dreams. Yeah. Um, and then I realised that basically there's a massive mirror behind me. <laughs> <laughs> And all, all they're doing is just checking their air. Of course. <laughs> so, so, well, that yeah. I think that's just um, that's just indicative of of me and you. I think We're just constantly unlucky in love <laughs> in that sense. Um, I do remember taking mum and dad for it once. I think it was somebody's birthday, and there was a we'd started off in Mosley. There was a whole sort of fire truck and things like that, the party buses. And mum and dad had come out in Mosley with no intention of coming out to Rams with us after. But we somehow managed to convince them, come on, we'll take you to Ramshackles. They walked in and straight, straight back out. Yeah. I think they both walked in and they said, no. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is so not a bit of us. Brilliant. I walked straight back out again. Um, and then I think another time, it wasn't, it was so funny to watch, um, but it was didn't involve um, necessarily me, it was my, my partner. She got one of our friends, like, absolutely paralytic this was back in the day when my wife used to be quite a heavyweight with a drink i mean she's like a it's strange snob- now yes strange now she was like snobs and uh and ramshackles royalty she you know she was there quite a bit um and one of our friends i think she was she was a bit younger um a bit green beyond the ears in terms of drinking and and hannah like got her all sorts of shots much to her partner's annoyance and then when she was absolutely wasted that he had to take her home obviously ham was just was just laughing and i'm pretty sure she was sick in the taxi yeah on the way home it's bad times yeah. it's bad times when you get to that level isn't it <laughs> but yeah there were some good memories I mean the all nighters were cool yeah. um, hazy yeah. chats at 4 o'clock in the morning after you'd stay there till closing yeah putting the world to rights a little bit and yeah. waiting for the McDonald's to start serving its breakfast and what stuff was, like that what so. was the chip shop next to Rams I can't remember what it was called but we'll have to do some investigation well that's the thing that's top nosh yeah next to yeah that's a sort of a almost like a rite of passage isn't it yeah I mean they Pretty much survived off, off snobs um, revenue. Yeah, yeah and sure. they could probably only open th- they only open three days a week, I think, and just took the uh, the revenue off people just streaming in afterwards. It didn't matter what they price; they could have give you any price in the world behind that yeah. counter, and you'd have just got your hand in your pocket, your change, or and taken gone, it off the homeless. Or you'd have taken it off the homeless man. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> got enough money yeah. to buy any chips? Can I have some money back. Can I have some kebab meat and chips? That's twelve pound. Yeah, of course. 
and yeah. you just you just and you just hand it over on you so obviously great memories um, from our times at uh, Rams and Snobs It is now call to action time on our podcast. We've been doing this for uh, for a while now, so if this is your first time listening, here's a couple of things that we need you to do. First of all, hit a follow, hit a like, and get on Instagram. Yes. Two gingers. Two gingers, get on there and give us a follow. Um, What next? I think the next thing is, get onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Even if it's a case of grabbing someone's phone and just going to their app we page. Have and done just, this. And, we're, and I've done, I've We've done, done it to myself. relatives. We'll do it to friends. We'll do it to strangers. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to the podcast. Or we'll you, subscribe for you. The added bonus of subscribing is you get notified about the up and coming things yeah, that we're doing. Exactly. Uh, we also need people to, well, you know, um, check out the playlist. Yeah, the playlist is is. Uh, but, um, it's now starting to grow. Yeah. It's getting bigger. It's yeah. going to get bigger after this episode, yeah. Mark. We've, got, we've a, got a lot to add. We've got a lot to add. We've got a special bumper edition of the playlist picks um, coming up. So you're definitely going to want to check out the playlist oh, yeah. after today's episode. And what's uh, one of the couple of the final things we need people to do? So I think the next thing is, uh, as we've tried to branch out, one of the latest things we're trying to do is get our YouTube channel. <laughs> so extra content. Yeah. You can look at our shiny faces. Yeah. And you can hopefully yeah. Um, if, if we can work out how to edit a video and put it on there, then um, prefer- then yeah. Preferably don't troll us, but we'd prefer not to be <laughs> trolled. But yeah, yeah if we, you're from Birmingham, we're used to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you recognise us, if you don't recognise us, um, yeah, watch us on the YouTube yeah. channel. And then and then finally, um, as you've highlighted me as our brummy of the week. No, brilliant, brilliant brummy <laughs> of the week, Joe. One day, come on, Joe. Let's come on, come on the podcast and have a chat with us. You're the first brilliant brummer yeah. on our podcast. Yeah, um, so. yeah. So it'd be good if you could follow us. If you subscribe <laughs> to the podcast, if you want to hear about rough arse end places in Birmingham that we used to drink in, yeah. we can talk about it until the cows come out. Talk about whatever you want, Joe. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>
life growing up would have been the same without those two those two venues they were mm-hmm. a staple in my life pretty much every week for the best part of probably sort of six seven years yeah yeah on a similar a similar thing really and you're talking a roughly roughly around sort of an eight-year concentrated period that I went there frequently um but I remember genuinely struggling um a little bit with with the ending of, of that era I found it hard to let go because of how much it, it meant to yeah. me um, growing up so finally finding a place that I felt comfortable and at ease with meant that it was a, it was then a struggle when that period came to an end because it would have been you know sort of home away from home in one sense I'd felt so comfortable whenever I went to Rams and uh, Rams and Snubs that I, you know a little bit I probably pushed maybe pushed people a little bit too much towards the end of saying come on then we're going to go and I think other people had naturally just moved on and they were comfortable yeah. moving away from that and I don't think I necessarily was um, you know I didn't want to I mean, we'd always made a conscious decision that we didn't want to be two old people going to places <laughs> to places like that, and you didn't want to be to come across as lurky old men in places like that. But I genuinely found it difficult to sort of to let go of, or and maybe it was because of we were, you know, it was another indicator that we were getting older. I think it was your, it was, yeah. like, sounds yeah. like it was your Central Park or your yeah. Cheers, like it yeah. was, you know, where I mean, everyone knew your name. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and because music as well, you know, music formed a big part of my life. And not obviously the songs and sort of uh, lyrically they had meaning, yeah. um, and those sort of places played those songs that I'd listen to away from away from the club. So like it, obviously yeah. when I was driving about or you know on, on your headphones or anything like that, it was those sort of songs that I listened to. So it was rare that you got other places didn't play the songs that meant some something to me. So no. you know there's that famous line from uh, Smiths uh, Panic, yeah. um, the songs they play say nothing to me about my life. Yeah. Uh, and that was everywhere else but when I went to places like Snobs and Rams it was those songs that meant something to me uh, about my life so I did I did struggle with the ending of the era but I, I also look back at it with, like, with great with great fondness um, I'm struggling to think of what my life might have been like if it wasn't for Snobs or Rams and obviously not trying to place them on too much of a pedestal but it was at places like Snobs and, and Rams where you know for example um, I first told my wife that I had feelings for her that, yeah. was, out, that was outside Snobs um, there's one of the songs that was played in there ended up becoming our first dance at a wedding, you know, on a particular night out. So it was a memory of Snobs that, that gave us a wedding song. Um, I also recorded a pre-wedding video for Han outside of Snobs, which you're never going to see the light of day again because I've watched it back since and it's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so cheesy. But uh, this was this is the thing, like I said, that, that the pull that, that Snobs had. Um, those hazy 4am chats outside outside Rams and places like that so it, it did mean a lot um, and it's yeah probably because of this episode and how um, and how reflective that we're looking back on on the era it's, it's also another indicator of how quickly time goes by yeah we spent we, we you know we still think that it was you know only a few years ago but when we think back to the first time I went to, to Snubs or Rams you know we're talking over 15 years now yeah and I think that sort of that came to life quite quite evidently when yeah. last time we went in 2019 and yeah. we had you know and it was it was probably kids who were born not far off when we would have started to have gone there yeah listening to music that we were listening to that was relevant and new at the time yeah and this listening to it with the same level of nostalgia that we would listen to those those same songs um from you know from our parents youth and stuff so like you said it had its moments certainly like it you know 
for for me more so Rami's and um, and subculture at the academy that that sort of holds a massive fond place for me with with my wife and songs that we'd listen to there and the nights out we had there you know that that was where our sort of our partnership grew stronger and stronger um and we learned you know like you said you learn to drop your insecurities a little bit you mm -hmm. learn to um to be a bit more open like share your emotions yeah you know, and and those songs allowed you to do that a hundred percent hundred percent um so, so snobs and rams uh will forever be grateful for your existence thank you so much <laughs> um we hope you've we've done you justice in 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 uh, reminiscing about the nights out that we had there um we've got coming up uh, as a separate episode of our playlist picks for snobs and rams so make sure you tune in uh, and listen to that um that promises to be an that, absolute belter mark. Yeah, definitely, definitely tune in for that because hopefully it takes you back to your time at Stomps and Rams as well. And if you've got any of your own tunes, obviously feel free to mention them to us. Um, so that's also, that's this for uh, that's it for this episode uh, of the pod. Um, next coming up next is a bit more of a serious discussion um, that we're going to do. It's October sees um, World Mental Health Day. Um, so to coincide with that, me and Paul have decided that we're going to have a little grown-up adult discussion around about that and yeah, about growing-up. We've yeah. got layers to us, Mark. I think we're locking on. We're locking onions, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, after after an onion barge, yeah, we've got onions. Yeah, well, so, no, we've got layers. So, <laughs> so we'll let you know when that's coming out. Um, but yeah, until next guys, uh, next time. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone.